0: Friday, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Friday Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernall-Jacobs with the
1: Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Catherine Bishop, president of the OEA. Friday Okra is a weekly podcast where we get together to talk about public education issues in Oklahoma. We hope you'll join us every Friday. Well, we are so uh, honored to have
0: uh, Dr. Michael Crespin join us this morning. Dr. Crespin, how are you? I'm doing great. Well, Happy we're to be here. good. Thank you. Well, we are talking to Dr. Crespin today about redistricting, and um, he is an expert to say the least. He's the director and curator of the Carl Albert Congressional Research and Studies Center at the University of Oklahoma and a professor of political science. Um, so, we want to talk to you today about kind of big picture some redistricting things and then take a look at what's happening in Oklahoma right now. So, for folks who might not be familiar, can you give us a look at big picture what is redistricting, and why is it something that everybody needs to go through?
2: Sure. So I'll I'll start at the beginning. Um, So the Constitution says we have to have a census every 10 years, Mm -hmm. um, and we actually count people. So we can't do a a survey or a sample. We have to try to count everyone. Mm -hmm. So we we go through uh, the census, and then um, they do what's called reapportionment, where they uh, divide up the congressional districts, and we have 435 mm-hmm. uh, amongst all the states. So that's sort of the first step. Um, and then the next step is the states will get to drawing districts. And this can happen in a couple different ways. So Oklahoma uses the legislature mm-hmm. um, and the governor to draw districts. Uh, some states actually use commissions, and there's a whole bunch of different ways commissions can work. Um, and then sometimes if states don't meet deadlines or – Um, if there's a challenge to a map, the courts might step in and draw districts. Um, so some things you have to do when you draw the districts is they have to be contiguous. So that means they have to be connected all the Mm -hmm. way around. Um, and then within states, they have to be the same size in terms of population. Um, there's a little bit more leeway when we get down to state legislative, um, districts, but congressional districts have to be extremely close in population, um, and so this has to get done uh, in time for the 2022 election, so the next election after after the census.
1: Which
0: is soon. Yeah. We're soon. Yeah. So the,
1: even yep. done before the primaries even start, right?
0: Correct. Yeah, that's okay. correct.. Yep. So this time around, it's been um, the timing has been different. And is that all pandemic related?
2: um you know i think so some of the slowdown was probably pandemic related so the census took a little bit longer and Then mm-hmm. trying to release the data took a little bit longer um you know this is something we do every 10 years um you know a, a fair amount of what the trump administration did administratively was um maybe not as well practiced
3: uh mm-hmm.
2: and i don't know up to snuff as earlier years um so I don't that, that probably didn't help either. So we had these two things sort of working together. Uh so the data were released late um and that pushed things uh sort of down the line a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now Oklahoma constitutionally for the state uh districts has to have have to pass that plan by a certain period in time. If they don't meet that, then it actually goes to a, a commission, although it's a mostly a partisan commission oh, okay. um, to draw the districts. So that's the reason why they have these preliminary maps for the um, state legislative districts that they might need to tweak a little bit Mm -hmm. once they got the the new data or the official data in the special session.
0: And they released these new maps, and there's been quite a lot of chat.
1: We'll say chat. Good chat, chat, bad chat. (laughs) About (laughs) the
0: congressional redistricting in Oklahoma. Can you explain um, kind of what's going on with that?
2: Sure. So, you know, we have five congressional districts. Like I said, they have to be equal uh, when it comes to population. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we have basically, or we had, I guess, four districts that were you know, very strong conservative or Republican districts. And then CD5 has uh, bounced back and forth. So it was, um, I think, Congressman Russell's district. And then Kendra Horn uh, won in uh, 2018, mm-hmm. a Democrat and Brussels was Republican. And then Stephanie Bice uh, beat Kendra Horn in the most recent election. So, you know, I think the plan all along was how do we make CD5, which includes Oklahoma City and Oklahoma County, um, at least from the party that was able to control the the process, how do they make that safer for a Republican? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when I was thinking about what's going to happen with redistricting, I'm mostly focused on CD5. And so what they did was, is they took Oklahoma County, and it's, it's in three congressional districts. So uh, CD4, which is Tom Cole's district, or Tom Cole represents that district. We uh-huh. should say that uh, the, the people own, the the representatives own the district. <laughs> yeah. so that um, sneaks up a little bit into Oklahoma County uh, mm-hmm. and picks up uh, Tinker, Air, or, yeah, Tinker mm-hmm. Air Force Base. And that's actually been in his district uh, for the last decade. So that's not really something mm-hmm. new. Um, what's really new is, uh, CD three, uh, so is the district Lucas represents in the panhandle, mm-hmm. picks up the, the Southwest part of Oklahoma County. Uh, and so that's a fairly strong, uh, democratic part of Oklahoma County. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that moves into, uh, Lucas's district and then sort of what's left of Oklahoma County is, is in five and then it expands out a little bit, um, to pick up uh, part of Logan County, Lincoln County. And I think it had a little bit of that before, but it, it picked up more Republican or conservative parts of the state and left, uh, or gave away to someone else, the, the democratic state. Um, we would call that cracking.
3: Uh, we'll
2: talk about techniques. So they've cracked Oklahoma County, which is a, you know, the probably the most democratic County in the state into Mm. three districts. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: I'm trying to visualize the map in my head. So Lucas, um, Congressman Lucas, has basically the northwest part of our state, but they didn't go mm-hmm. to the northwest or the west side of Oklahoma County. What I heard you say is they did the southwest, like the bottom part of the county.
0: Uh, correct. Side corner. Yeah. yeah. How interesting. Yep. Yep. So yep. what is the difference? I haven't heard the term cracking before. That is interesting. Um, how sure. Is, how is that different than gerrymandering?
2: Or is well, so, that okay. –
0: they're not synonyms, right?
2: They are not. So they're uh, packing uh, and cracking, which are, are two techniques, are ways you can gerrymander. So gerrymandering oh, okay. is – yeah, so a gerrymander is drawing a district to benefit a particular group. So mm-hmm. in this case, uh, there's we have a Republican gerrymander. The map benefits the Republicans. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they, they use this cracking technique um, which is dividing up an area of partisan strength uh, amongst multiple districts. So you sort of, uh, you weaken that partisan strength. Um, the, the opposite is what some other states do in, in other circumstances, or Oklahoma kind of did for the legislative districts, is they pack. So at the legislative level, uh, they drew some, and they had before, some very safe Democratic districts that have lots of Democrats in them. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you're essentially w- wasting votes
0: because they're not really competitive.
2: Right. Yeah. So, you know, a number of the Oklahoma City districts, and this is also true of a lot of the not competitive um, districts around the state, mm-hmm. you know, there's not even a challenger.
0: Yeah. So right. It's just the primary. get reelected. Or,
2: yeah. Yeah. Or not, Not sometimes not even a primary. No one yeah. files and, you know, it's filing day and the next day um, they declare themselves reelected. Uh-huh.
0: So is, are the maps set like, once they're released to the public, I mean, do you expect there to be any, like, debate or changing or modifying the maps at this point? Or are they pretty much set?
2: Um, they're, they're probably pretty much set. Um, yeah. I'm going to assume, you know, it's, every once in a while there's a mistake. You hear stories of actually, you know, there's a map that they leave uh, an area out of the map. Um, because oh. the way they pass these is actually not looking at the map. There's a physical description of these, you know, these are the things that are contained oh, really? in the Yeah, so <laughs> if you look that. at the law. <laughs> yeah, the law is not a map. It's like, you know, these counties, and then it gets, if it has to, it gets down to smaller geographic areas. Um, so I'm going to assume there's no, you know, mistakes or anything like that. Right, right. right. Um, yeah, no, you know, I don't think there's going to be any, you know, there, the, Uh, Democrats were upset with the way the map was drawn, you know, the legislature, which is dominated by Republicans, is not going to come back and say, like, oh, yeah, you're right. You know, let's (laughs) let's make Oklahoma County, uh, you know, one one district. So I don't I don't expect any changes again, unless there's a mistake or, you know, there's a but I think everyone's had a chance to weigh in. So I'm going to assume the members of Congress uh, weighed in on this um, and then. Uh, the at the legislative level, I'm going to assume the state House and Senate members also weighed in. Now, they did have public hearings, uh, mo- mm. mostly for the legislative districts, the congressional. I think the congressional district was a bit um, more opaque, mm. um, although the public could, uh, you know, draw maps. And, you know, if you look online, yeah. you can find some, some, some things that the public. Yeah. Um, you know, only a handful, maybe a dozen, I think, um, were submitted. But there, there was you know opportunity for input. Now, there's nothing that says the legislature has to take that input sure. into mind. Though. Sure,
1: yeah, that that brings what you just said. It kind of takes me back in time because at uh, there was a possibility of filing an initiative petition to look at forming a commission to look at the redistricting before the census started. And then that was withdrawn because there was this commitment to have the the public hearings and have input. How how do you feel that those went? Was there true input? You know, sometimes when you have input, you want to say, I'm listening. Oh, that's a good idea. Or was it just people came or did people come? Did they...
2: Yeah. So, I, you know, I watch I watched a couple of them online and, you know, there was a handful of people there. You know, generally speaking, public participation in lawmaking is is there's not a lot of it.
1: Mm-hmm. You might get
2: people who call the representatives, although there's much less of that at the state level than the congressional level. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it'd be wrong to say there was no input. Yeah. Um, and the public didn't have a chance. You know, you can always do it better. Right. Mm-hmm. i, I I forget how many meetings they had. They they could have had twice as many. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Um, so the opportunity is there. Um, at you know at some level, um, I, I saw little reports trickle out the last couple of days where they said, "Oh, the people want compact districts." Looking at this the congressional map, it's it's pretty compact. Mm-hmm. You know, the Tulsa district is kind of around Tulsa.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know, there's there is the part of Oklahoma City that's that's cracked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the rest of it kind of looks like they kind of follow county line. Yeah. You know, they tr- try to keep what we call communities of interest intact, again, with the exception of Oklahoma County. Right.
0: So do you expect any of the congressional districts to be competitive 2022 and beyond? Um,
2: 2022, pr- probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a n- number of things uh, that it will as of today, it looks like it's going to be a good year for the Republicans. Mm-hmm. You know, Biden's approval is down. Mm-hmm. The out party usually does better in the midterms. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, the the one thing you don't know is, you know, let's say eight years from now, how many people have sure. moved to Oklahoma City? Are those yeah. people Democrats? So yeah. it's, it's possible that the districts change over time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but a- absent change, you know, these are pretty solid Republican districts. Oklahoma's a you know pretty strong Republican state trump mm-hmm. Trump won all the counties yep um, so Good. it it would it would take some changes in where people live yeah now those things are happening right yeah. um, sure you know if we look at the census results, uh, Oklahoma City was in that area, the metro uh, had the most growth uh, right. followed by Tulsa, and then you know either other areas actually lost population or the growth was really slow. Mm-hmm.
1: So speaking of growth, how much – I've always had this little thought in my head. How much – how far away are we – away from losing a congressional district or gaining one? Oh, that's
2: a good question. Um, so that's, a, that's a good question. Um, I,
1: is it like hundreds no, of thousands of people would have to move here?
0: Or is it like one family from Bartlesville <laughs> moves and we're done?
2: Yeah, I mean, my, my – there's always a guess on this is, you know, we're probably going to stay – steady. You know, mm. um, Oklahoma City is growing, and that's not all just from around the state. Um, and Tul- Tulsa is growing uh, by eh, uh, not quite as fast as Oklahoma City, but it's growing to so probably stay steady. You know, Texas might continue to, to gain. Mm. Uh, California losing a, a seat was a bit of a, mm. not a surprise, but off trend. Because yeah. from basically statehood up until I, I think the last census they always gained, and then maybe it was neutral. I'm, I might be wrong on this, uh, and then they lost one this time. Um, so probably stay the same. I really haven't studied the the demographic trends though. So that's that's yeah.
1: a. I didn't know if there was like a set number, like every congressional district has this many people in it, and is it is it calculated on how many voters are in that household or how many people are in that household when they so when it, they do that
2: right so it's just people so it's not citizens it's not voters uh the way it works is you literally count counting noses uh, for the census so everyone counts now there was a a a push by republicans to try to maybe change that to citizens Mm -hmm. um you know that would probably benefit um republican Mm -hmm. perhaps um in that way
0: well, thank you so much for taking the time to explain all these processes. It's, this has been fascinating. It's, it only you know, it only comes up every ten years <laughs> yeah. and it's it's it is not, you know, in, in most of our wheelhouses for this, this process. So we really appreciate you taking the time to explain everything.
2: Sure thing. Thanks. Yeah, my pleasure.
0: Well, this morning we are joined by the illuminating Shauna Mott Wright, president of the Tulsa Classroom Teachers Association. Good morning, Shauna.
3: Good morning. Thank you for having
0: me. Yes. Well, we wanted to visit today about OEA committees. We have Committee Saturday coming up tomorrow, and uh, Shauna chairs our legislative committee. So we want to uh, visit about what's going on there. But before we get into that, Catherine, can you kind of give people a look at what what are OEA committees? What's the purpose of them? How do they come to be? Mm-hmm. Kind of what is Committee Saturday about?
1: Yeah. That that's. The, our committees are the coolest thing about our association because they're made up of our members. That's who we are. We're a member-driven organization. And uh, in our governing documents, we have 16 standing committees. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. And they they go from um, collective bargaining, budget, legislative committee, um, education support professional committee mm-hmm, they have mm-hmm. a committee uh, member benefits resolutions constitution and bylaws we got them all mm-hmm. and um, it is the responsibility of the president mm-hmm. um, each at the beginning of their term um, to appoint mm-hmm. committees and the committees ro- run co- i love this term coterminously <laughs> with the with the president so they're uh, they have a three-year commitment, and and we meet at least twice a year in, on what we call committee Saturdays, um, and then it is my responsibility to appoint members to those committees, and mm-hmm. and we want them to be well represented. So not only geographically but demographically, um, we want to make sure we have early career educators on there as well as veteran uh, career educators. And then um, also my responsibility is to create what we call charges. Mm-hmm. This is what they are going to be working on for the next three years. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they report to the board. They also report to Delegate Assembly. Mm-hmm. And much of their work is, um, at Delegate Assembly is then approved by our delegates.
0: Perfect. Okay. Well, so with that in mind, um, there are some things that the committees have that are recurring. Um, Shauna, your committee, the legislative committee, you guys are you guys do the legislative agenda.
3: Yes, we're very excited about that. We try to push forward what we hear. We get feedback, like Catherine said, we're very member driven. So every educator that is a member, which is the majority, we get feedback from all the time constantly Mm -hmm. never ending never stop Mm -hmm. and we combine that into a legislative agenda that we then present to the OEA board and if they approve then also like delegate assembly and we use that agenda to further push for oh I don't know things like funding public education crazy talk crazy idea (laughs)
0: so how do you guys as a committee sort through that because you know I mean, there's so many. There's so many things to work on in our state. There are so many things to look at. How do you possibly narrow uh, something like a legislative agenda down from like 1,000 things <laughs> to something that you could actually uh, number?
3: Well, you really hit the nail on the head. There is so much. So we look at former agendas, and then we look at the climate we're in, right? right. Because you have to know the players who are making those policy decisions. And you have to know the leaders who are going to be pushing certain policies. And some we might love and some we might loathe, like vouchers and defunding funding public uh-huh. education, uh-huh. which is what they do. Uh-huh. So we look at that and then we... Um, Also look at like all the feedback from our members, which that always matches up because we're all living it every day. Right. And our kids are living the consequences of what's happening there under the dome at the Capitol. Mm -hmm. So we look at that and we talk about what we've accomplished and what we wanted to accomplish. And maybe we saw some good first steps, but we're not quite there yet. So we need to keep pushing for it. And in the climate we're in now, there are new issues that have come up because we are still living in a pandemic. It's Mm -hmm. not over. Mm -hmm. Um, it's crazy to me that people think it's over. It's not over. (laughs) And so we have to address that as well. Like what are the issues teachers are facing today Mm
1: -hmm. that they
3: didn't face last year? Yeah. Last year was so difficult and we've heard, and I know Catherine and Carrie have just finished touring the East side of the state and I'm sure Catherine will, um, tell me that this is exactly right. This is exactly what they've heard. This year is much harder than last. Like we've just heard that from everywhere. And so there are new issues that our kids are facing and that our educators are facing, trying to meet the needs of the kids. So we're addressing that as well. Like, Oh, semester contracts are a very bad thing. That shouldn't be a thing. Right. Or we need more funding for this. We need more counselors in schools because kids were coming to us with trauma like we'd never seen before pre-pandemic, and now it's been exacerbated, like most things have been by the pandemic.
1: So, so Shauna, so like, like that. oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. So big picture. So last delegate assembly, um, our delegate assemblies that, ca- that came from the legislative committee, uh, we adopted our 2022 legislative goals, which is our big picture, big, broad, mm-hmm. um, you know, what we're going to be working towards. But like, it, it so tomorrow when you guys meet, you're going to hone that down to the the legislative agenda, right? That's going to hit around seven to 10 items that we want to focus on at this session, right? Is that, am I understanding that correctly?
3: You are right. One of the first things we're going to do, um, I'm looking at the agenda I've made for tomorrow with uh, board liaison, Lawrence Lang. One of the first things we're going to do is review our committee charges and make sure we're following everything our members have laid out for us to do, Mm -hmm. then we're going to review the goals and then hone those down into the new legislative agenda.
0: Yes. So talking about how um, challenging this year has been, um, everybody has stuff going on. Why are you willing to why are you and why do you think other folks are willing to give up your time and your energy, which is so limited right now, to do this kind of work. Why why use your time. On a committee.
3: I did not know. I was going to get emotional. When you asked that. Um, because it's worth it. Our educators. Give everything. Of their beings, Their entire selves. To our children. Every single day. And they're worth it. And our children are worth it. It's worth it. I, I can't not give everything that I possibly can give because people deserve that. Our kids deserve it and our educators deserve it. We cannot pour from empty vessels Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and our kids need us Mm -hmm. to pour into them now more than ever before, which means we need to be pouring into our educators now more than ever before. And that means fighting for everything they need. You know, just yesterday I was asked, specifically about some things that were happening in my district and I I didn't plan it but I just said you know what the 2018 teacher walkout. I said we walked out after we got a raise Mm -hmm. we didn't walk out for a raise we walked out for funding for our children and we are still fighting that fight while they're trying to steal funding from our kids through the back door called education scholarships Mm mm-hmm just yeah. very upsetting
1: that. Yeah, and Shani, you get, your your words were beautiful. How you the the passion that we can hear and feel of why we do what we do. And you know, uh, Carrie, thank you for bringing up the these are our members volunteering our time on a Saturday. Yeah, and throughout the year, right? To they're not getting paid. No. Okay, we we we. We give them a sandwich at lunch, but <laughs> get <laughs> crazy. I know, get crazy, a big, go up bold. Oh. But that it's this is what our members do. Exactly yeah. what Shauna says. So thank you, Shauna. Well, there's
3: um, there's this old song, and it says, "What if I give all I have? What would that gift do?" Um, so I have to give all I have,
0: and we know that you do. That's why we wanted to visit with you, and we appreciate. Uh, We appreciate your time very much, not just right now, but uh, serving as a committee chair and all the advocacy work that you do. We really appreciate it.
1: Well, let's just take some time and catch up with Catherine. Oh, my goodness, Carrie. We have spent Carrie Jacobs, Carrie Elledge and I have spent the last four days on the road uh, touring the southeast part Mm -hmm. of our state it is amazing and once again just reinforces the incredible educators we have yes. working in our schools uh, yes. teaching and supporting our students and uh, just thank you for what you're doing and uh, look forward to hitting the west side of the state yeah. after in the oklahoma city metro, metro area in the west side um after christmas so we're looking forward to that and um, whoo Tuesday, next Tuesday, uh, you can get your application in to come and work for O. I was going to say OKEA, OEA, yeah, in our Legislative Political Organizing Center, and you can go to our website at OKEA slash careers. And um, but the those are due by next Tuesday. To end get of your the day, yeah, come end of the day, come be co
3: coworker.
0: Yes, we are fun. Yeah, I say I think so. We're delightful. I believe
1: so yeah,
0: um, come work with us.
1: And then, oh, speaking of next Tuesday, it's election day for 29 counties and uh, six school districts that are going to have elections for bond issues. Oh, good luck, friends. Those are so important. That is um, our public make a commitment to uh, send their tax dollars to our schools that Mm -hmm. we can do. Mm -hmm. Uh, This isn't a partisan issue. This is about supporting our schools. And this is a way to do that to invest in our communities do it to it in november you know we just uh middle october finished up hispanic heritage month Mm -hmm. but november 1st started native american heritage month and as a proud cherokee you know i'm i'm excited about this month but here's the important thing this is about honoring america's first people and acknowledging our ancestors um, the land in which we live and to continue to tell that story yes. that is incumbent upon us and so um even more exciting is that at oea we have a, a Native American caucus yeah um it you you can be American Indian or not and be a part of that wow. caucus like-minded uh, members that come together and help focus on Native American issues but on a Pinterest page, you got to check it out because yeah. we've got lots of um, good stuff, great resources, reading lists that yes. you can go to, and and make sure that we're we're telling that story yep. and we're telling it in a in a correct way, right? Right, so important.
0: You know, um, I can I just right now plug a book. Yeah, um, this is yeah. an unpaid unpaid endorsement. <laughs> um, there is a book that we read recently as a family called When We Were Alone. Um, it is a children's book for younger younger kids, a picture book about uh, a grandmother telling her granddaughter uh, about growing up and going to a residential school, uh-huh. and it is so good, and it spurred so many great questions, even from my older daughter. Um, but it was, you know, it's it's a part of her of of our history yeah. that, as you know, the, I'm I am not. Tribally affiliated. My family's not. These aren't stories that we talk about just yeah. because it's not part of our family history. And it it really led to some great conversations. And they, you know, stuff that they didn't know. Right. And so I highly recommend. Kudos for you. I'm oh, gonna
1: go get that one. Let me. I've got when, to go read well, it. Well,
0: get ready to sob. Um, get ready. Uh, just. Right, maybe read it first before you read it to someone else. That's yeah. my record. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah, your when, description. Made yes. My- when we were alone, it is you'll feel all the feelings. So, so yeah. So, um, if you've got if you got little ones, or if you okay. don't. Um, I would recommend it. So we want to say uh, thank you so much to Dr. Michael Cressman of OU and Shawna Mott-Wright of the Tulsa Classroom Teachers Association for joining us today. And thank you, as always, for listening to Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernall jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association.
1: And I'm Catherine Bishop, president of the OEA. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Fried Okra on Apple Podcasts, and you can also contact us at friedokrapodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us again next week. Until then, keep fighting the good fight for public education.